anyway, I am just really uh, happy to be here. As I was uh, preparing for this morning's message and thinking about this year, I know we can't help but think at the, the end of the year um, what has transpired throughout the year. Um, we go back to the very beginning and then kind of work our way through. It's a good exercise, by the way, because what we can see as we look back is the faithfulness of God all the way through. You know, we see our lows, we see our highs, um, but in the highs and in the lows and everything in between, the Lord is with us. Um, if, if we were to just trust in Him, the only regret that I have for this year is that truly um, I didn't trust in Him more, that I didn't, I didn't lean on Him more, that I didn't reflect His glory a bit more in, in my life. And uh, because what He promises is not that life will be perfect but that he will be in our lives perfectly if we just trust in him. He's there. He's trustworthy. You know, there's a friend of mine who posted uh, just a a little note about um, his life this year. And um, if I, a lot of you would would know who he is, um, because he's someone that um, really has, uh, in the eyes of the world, has been successful and um, and he just jotted this note, and he was talking about his wife and how he's experienced some things with with uh, uh, with his wife and and with his businesses and the different things that he's he's uh, gone through this year. And one of the things that really struck me, though, because I've been praying for this friend of mine for a long time, is that he's never felt closer to the Lord. And this is not someone who professes to be a Christian. And so I thought, that's wonderful. He's, he's, he's growing closer to the Lord. Now, he's all about focus and, and, uh, and, and worldly success. And so I shared with him Hebrews 12, too. And the note that I left on there was, talk about great focus and discipline. And I just left it at that. That way he can read Hebrews 12, too, and see it for himself. Because we were on Jesus' mind and in his heart when he was disciplined and given to fulfilling the Father's will all the way to the cross for you and I. And, um, and so we can't help but think of those things in our lives uh, this year and how it is that it's going to be different in 2020. And so I'm here this morning hopefully to give you a word of encouragement by the word of God as to what he desires for you. And how it is that we can perhaps do life a bit better in 2020, beginning with today. Are, are you all interested in doing that this coming year? I, I do want to bring glory to the Lord. I want to do life a bit better. I want to walk with greater confidence in the Lord. I want to walk with the Lord with, with a peace, which, with comfort, um, you know, just glorifying Him. And I hope and I desire that you too are here this morning because you want to hear from him in what it is that he has planned for you, what he desires for you in your life. I sure hope that you don't wish to repeat 2019, however good it was. I hope you're looking forward to 2020 as a whole new year and uh, and that you've grown through whatever you've experienced this year to the glory of God. So we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 this morning. Ephesians chapter 3. 
And the title of this morning's message is Be Filled with All the Fullness of God. Be Filled with All the Fullness of God. Ephesians chapter 3. I know that Ray had commented on Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16 is what he was referring to. And in um, last year, it, it, it was interesting because, you know, I, I pray and I ask the Lord for guidance, for direction. And in uh, last year, we, were, uh, we did a, a New Year's message in preparation for 2019 out of Ephesians chapter 5, which was referred to this morning also, which is interesting. Be filled with all the fullness of God. So let's read. We're going to start in verse 14, and we're going to go through a few verses here. This is Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus, which he started out this letter with a prayer. And, and so we have another prayer here in the final portion of the third chapter of Ephesians chapter, or Ephesians. So Ephesians 3, verse 14, the apostle Paul writes, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend all the, with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God." Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Oh, Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, wishing to hear from you. We desire that you would speak to us, Father, that you would, Lord... uh, Minister to us by your spirit and um, through your word. I pray, Lord, that we would be attentive, that we would be inclined, that we would in our spirits lean forward and hang on every word that you have for us. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage your church that we would be a people who are mindful of the mindset that John the the Baptist had, and that is that he, Jesus, must increase, but we must decrease. Lord, that we would be ever reliant and trusting in Jesus, leaning on his promises with complete faith knowing that you are good and that you are trustworthy and that you, Lord, are a rock. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage us this morning, that, um, Lord, you would help us to see what you would have us to see, Lord, and also reveal those things that are not of you in our lives, that we would confess them and turn from them and turn to you. May we see your love, your compassion, your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering toward us. 
and the perfect love that you demonstrated through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Father, and we commit this time into your hands, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So 2019, it's coming to a close. And some people are glad it's over, and others may be sad that it's ending. And still others, perhaps, are wanting it to continue on. Uh, Facebook has prepared a compilation of posts for you to take a glimpse at 2019 and share it with your family and friends. Your smartphone groups up 2019 moments and produces an album for you to review. New Year's Day, one year ago, winter, spring, summer, fall. If you want to research and search out all the places that you've taken pictures of where, where, where you've dined, you can do that. Just put in the word dining and it <laughs> brings it all up in pictures, trips that you've taken, weddings that you've attended, theme parks that you've gone to, sporting events that you've screamed your little hearts at. <laughs> it's the time of year when some take inventory of the year, as I said earlier, making a mental or written note of what's been accomplished and what's not been accomplished in order to adjust and make new goals for the incoming year. There are some memories of moments that bring joy and others that cause sadness to bubble up. And there are many memories that are just, just everyday normal life. One of my greatest hopes for you, and I pray this for you often, is that regardless of what you're faced with in life, that you grow in your contentment in Christ and your confidence in Christ will deepen And you get to a place in your trust in Jesus that makes you immovable and steadfast in Christ. You know, I I want to also reflect the very way in which John the Baptist saw himself. That Jesus must increase as I continually decrease. And by the way, that's the counsel that I would hope to give you. That, that I would simply be that arrow that points to Christ. There is not one person that has all the answers. Not anyone next to you. Not anyone on any platform. It's only Jesus Christ. For in him we have everything. We find everything. And that's what we, we desire. That's, that's what the, the, the Christian desires when they come to realize that the one who holds everything that pertains to life and godliness is Jesus Christ. And so my desire is that you grow in your contentment, in your satisfaction in the Lord, that you go to Him for everything, and that you apply His promises, His truth, to everyday circumstances that you are faced with. Philippians four eleven through 13 says, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned... In whatever situation I am to be content, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So the question that we ought to have on our minds and hearts is, how have you grown in your trust in Christ? Are you content in him and is he Truly, you're all in all. How is that demonstrated in your life? Or are you still anxious about your life? 
Are you still worried sick about things? Like I said, we don't want to repeat 2019. If that's where we're at, if that's where we've been, that means that we're not growing. You're, you're still dealing with the same things. You know what happens when, when, when you haven't grown is that, well, it's kind of like, here's, here's a, a practical example for you, something that we, could, uh, we, we can understand. Back in a time long, long ago, there was a time when um, kids, if they didn't at least demonstrate that they knew the material that they'd been taught in one year, guess what they had to do? Repeat that year. Uh, in this day and age, I said it a long, a long time ago, because in today's, everyone gets a trophy in today's day and age, right? Everyone gets a trophy for participation, and it's really hard to hold any kids back. You know, we need to be taught that, hey, if you didn't learn the lesson, you just don't go on. You've got to repeat it. It's good to learn how to lose. That way, we learn from our mistakes, and we don't repeat them. That's a good lesson. That's a great lesson. You know, for us, we don't want to repeat the same thing. Like, be the same as far as our character is concerned, if it's not reflecting Christ's character. You know, if you're still anxious and worried about the same things, you're not growing. We're not growing. We're not We shouldn't be. We should be more confident in the Lord. We should learn to trust in him a bit more and grow in our faith. Because you can just take an inventory of your life and figure out where you're at with the Lord. How is it demonstrated in your life? Are you anxious about your life? Worried sick about things? Do situations shake you and your walk and your fellowship with the Lord in your reading and prayer You know, when the circumstances in life keep you from fellowship with the Lord and fellowship with the brethren and keep you from praying and reading, there's a problem. And it's not Jesus. It's your maturity. That's the bottom line. You don't understand just how faithful God is and what he desires to be in your life. Do situations in your life affect how you fellowship with the Lord and fellowship at church and your attendance at Bible studies? You get too overwhelmed for that. How about your attitude with your spouse, with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers? Are you drawing back or are you leaning in? You got to lean in. You see, when you're dealing with certain issues, it's really bad when you distance yourself from the one who can help you, from the one who desires to help you, from the one who is faithful and said, He will never leave you, never forsake you. He loves you with an everlasting love. Do you know peace and humility in Christ with all thanksgiving and praise to the one who gave you eternal life by his abundant grace? Because the way we demonstrate that we truly know him, we can say we know him, but the way we we demonstrate that we know him is by having a peace, that peace that surpasses all understanding as we place our trust in him. 
If you've been here for any length of time, you know that I will challenge you with the Word of God. Right? I, I do it in love. I do. Because I desire that you would be more trusting in the Lord, that your faith would be placed in Him and not your circumstances, that God would reveal anything in your life that is not of Him. And you would know that peace. You would know that joy. You, you would know satisfaction in Him, content. You would be content in Him. That's what I desire for you. I want you to rejoice in the Lord, that whatever you go through, that you're steadfast, that you are immovable. So have you come to know that peace that surpasses all understanding? And have you allowed it to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus? As it says in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. That's one of my favorite couple of verses in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you learned rest in Christ? In fact, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You, you want to know God's desire for you is, is this. Is this. Jesus is speaking to you this morning and saying, Hey, listen, it, it, you have a, a heavy, weighty burden on your shoulders? Give it to me. Your yoke, the one that you've placed on you, who's leading that? And where is that person taking you? Take that one off and allow my yoke to be placed upon you. For the Lord's yoke is easy. His burden is light. Have you learned to go to Jesus when you labor and are heavy laden? To cast all your cares upon him. You will rest in Christ when you entrust him with your trouble, surrendering those things that weigh you down and trust that he will help you through them. He's faithful. He'll be with you all the way through, no matter what you're going through. There's nothing that you can give to him that's too difficult. He's God. Jesus, I pray, is not only your Savior, but also your Lord. Because he desires to lead your life and desires that you grow in your contentment in him by trusting in him. In that, in that way, we find rest. We know that peace. John 10.10 10 says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jeremiah 29.11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Another of my prayers, my desire for you, is as it is written in Second Peter 3, 17 and 18. And I know my desire, my prayer is in line with God's desire for you. Because it comes from his word. In 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18, it says, You therefore, my beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the air of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Now, with all this said and with all this in mind, knowing God's heart toward you. I want to draw your attention to Paul's prayer 
for the Ephesians that we read at the start. I want to read it again to get familiar with it once more. Having all this in mind, what we just went over, let's read this again. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I want to just give you, there are several things that we can take a look at here, but I want to just kind of bring your perspective to three, perhaps more in between, but three things that I want to leave you with. That you are, have a greater understanding what God desires that you may be strengthened with power. We're going to learn where that power comes from. That you, secondly, are rooted in love. And thirdly, that you are trusting that Jesus can. Three simple things. Strengthened with power, rooted in love, and trusting Jesus can. Let's start out with strengthened with power. So this is, this is my, my final um, message to you for 2019 And I hope that this resonates in your heart, God's word, as you take it into 2020. Strengthened with power. Verse 16 says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Uh, The apostle Paul started this letter with an amazing prayer. Ephesians 1 and verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then he goes on from there. This is all a prayer. This is to begin this letter. He wrote all these things. You see, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him. God purposed according to his will, predestined us for adoption as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. In Christ we have been redeemed by His blood and forgiven of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. In Christ God has revealed His will that all should come to repentance through faith in Christ and be saved by His grace. In Christ we have an inheritance in the fullness of God's glory, co-heirs with Christ. In Christ our hope, in Christ we praise, in Christ we are saved, sealed, and delivered from condemnation. And to that we all say, Amen. And amen. And in verse 15 of chapter 1, it says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? Everything belongs to him. And this is what he desires to give to us. And that was Paul's prayer. And so it is God's desire that we too may possess all of these things in Christ. That's what his desire is. Know that in Christ we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And I pray that the eyes of your hearts are enlightened to know the hope to which he has called you. Now that's why the Apostle Paul could say, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, it's just filled with hope. There's no despondency there. And here as we see this, this prayer and Chapter 3, we see the the posture of of Paul. He bent his knees. He didn't pray standing up. He he bent his knees and prayed in humility toward the one who gave him everything. This is God's desire for you, that you be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Let me ask you this. Do you need God's strength? Do you know you need God's strength? I mean, sometimes we we don't realize we need God's strength. uh, Too often we reach our end and then we reach for him. I realize that I need God's strength every single day, every single moment. I need his strength. Listen to this. God's strength is what we are asking for, and his strength has no end and does not diminish. You know, our our power, our strength, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, it it starts to diminish. (laughs) You know, we start out strong, right? Like a good New Year's resolution. (laughs) We start out strong. Uh, Stay strong. Keep going. It's a good thing. Keep going. But you know, in, in our own strength, we, we just start to d- diminish. God's strength does not diminish. It's constant. In Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And according to the riches of his glory, we ask that God may strengthen us. And as we keep that in our minds, if we keep that in proper perspective, you know, we keep going back to the Lord. Help me once more. Help me through this. Sometimes, sometimes it's not day by day. It's not week by week. It's not just on a Sunday night. Help me for the week. You know, be my strength. Encourage me, Lord, please. I I need some word from you. But sometimes, to be honest with you, it's moment to moment. Don't forget that. God's strength has no end and does not diminish. Every time you turn around and ask him for more, he's willing and able to give you a little more. 
how much do you need? A little more. Oh God, I'm, I can't do it. He says, trust in me. God, I can't. He's come to me. Are you heavy laden? Are you weighted down? The Lord says, come to me. I will be your strength. In your weakness, I will help you through. I will be the lifter of your head. I will hold you up. I will see you through this. And it's all according to the riches of his glory. And I pray that we may ask God for his strength. We ask that it may not be us, but he in us. Through his spirit in our inner being. Hold your place there and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. We know that um, the Apostle Paul, well, he had a thorn in his side. We don't know exactly what it was. Um, we can speculate, but it's all it is, speculation. We really don't know. But we know that it was uh, the cause of his humility, and it reminded him to trust in the Lord more and more. Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then... I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Do you need God's strength? You need to learn how to lean on God's strength. We need to learn to do that. Church, we, we haven't quite mastered this. We have not arrived the Apostle Paul says that he learned this. Can you imagine a, a man who was so well-versed in the Bible? He knew it inside and out. The Old Testament, he, he knew God's promises. He knew them. And yet he had to learn how to be content in the Lord. You know those things that we pray would leave us? Can, can you pray for God's strength to strengthen you through that? That, that you would demonstrate his character regardless of whether he tells you as you've pleaded three times perhaps, Lord, please remove this. I am at my end, Lord. Can we learn to also say, as he was told, that God's grace is sufficient for you, for his power is made perfect in weakness. That we would reveal by the way we respond to these things that we are truly trusting in Him. Not in our circumstances, not the difficulty of the thing that's before us. Not the sorrow that we're feeling or any, any other emotion. But simply that we praise God 
It's not pleasant, but we praise God because there is a purpose in the thorn. There's a purpose in it. And he may be telling you, "Mm -mm, it's not going away. It's not going away. Will you glory in the Lord anyway? When he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Will you with Paul say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me? I pray that we do. Because the Apostle Paul was pleading with God to take away the thorn, but what it was producing was humility and a reliance on God that perhaps wouldn't be there if it were not for the thorn that caused a physical weakness in Paul and perhaps an emotional strain on him. And perhaps he wouldn't have such a strong dependence on God's strength. And he would be more reliant on himself. Praise the thorns, for as they press deeper into you, they ought to be the reason you press deeper into Christ and continue by his strength and not your own. You realize this. You realize this. This is not my own strength. This is his strength. The way I can go through this and not reflect my misery through this and my sorrow for myself is only by God's strength. It's only by his strength. Because it's not a time to give up, but rather a time to rise up as Christ is your strength and you trust that he is able. So be strengthened with the power within you which comes from the Holy Spirit. Secondly, be rooted in love. Verse 17 says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. When you give in, pressing into Jesus, then Christ is allowed to truly dwell or abide in your hearts through the faith that you have in him. You abide in Christ, Christ dwells in you. And you truly reflect that. You may say, I don't know how I'll do this. I'm not able, but he is. Worry, anxiety, stress, anger, bitterness, resentment, and fear are the very things that harden the soil of your heart and do not allow God's word to penetrate. Just stay in that place. And what you'll come to understand is that the surface of your heart gets to a point to where the word of God is just bouncing off. You hear, you're you're listening, but you're, you're not hearing. It's just bouncing off. You may hear a word of encouragement given to you by a friend, a dear friend that comes from the very word of God and it's in one ear and out the other. You don't simply confess and say, Amen. You know what? You're right. I'm not in the right place. All of these things, anxiety, you're filled with anxiety, your heart's getting hardened. Stress, remain there, your heart's getting hardened. Oh, you're filled with bitterness and anger and jealousy, your heart's getting hard. And we wonder, 
Why do we not feel? Why do, why do we not feel like God is near? Because you've not allowed him. <laughs> Quite frankly, you haven't allowed him. A broken and contrite heart. Oh God, these you will not despise. Do you have a broken heart before a holy and righteous God? Are you broken before him? Are you contrite before him? You ought to be. That's the best place to be. To be wholly, completely surrendered to him, submitted to him. Not full of yourself. Not full of pride. Not full of stubbornness. But filled with humility. With the very spirit of God. Broken before him. And open to whatever it is that he wants for you. Don't allow these things to harden the soil of your heart. The moment you surrender these things to the Lord, you open up to allowing Jesus to show you his love, and the word begins to penetrate and drive deep. Oh, what a joyful time that is, that moment. You are further strengthened in Christ's love as you comprehend God's breadth, his length, his height, his depth, his love and all of all of that just it's amazing there is no end and you begin to comprehend it with all the saints what is the length of god's love for you what is the breadth of god's grace for you how high does god's love and grace reach and climb Consider how deep the Father's love for you is. That even while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. He gave his son for you. When you do consider how much you were forgiven in Christ, you begin to learn how to forgive others who have caused you harm and begin to pray for them. When you are filled with the fullness of God, there is no room for the things that prevent him from filling you. but you have to allow Christ to dwell in your hearts through faith. Can you entrust your heart to Jesus? Truly, we may as believers say, I've entrusted my heart to Jesus. But are you still dealing with the same things? If you are, then perhaps you took it back. You haven't left it there. Mold me and shape me into the image that you see fit, Lord. Oh, no, that doesn't feel good. I don't want that. I'll bring it back. Don't do that. Just leave it there. Can you entrust your heart to Jesus? Because if you do, then you will be rooted in love, a love that surpasses worldly knowledge, a love that is selfless and sacrificial. So be strengthened with power. Be rooted in love. And lastly, be trusting that Jesus can. Verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. When I was a child and was learning to do certain things, I had to exercise a lot of trust and faith in those around me. Kids do that. They have to do it. 
But somehow we grow out of that and learn only to trust ourselves. I heard a dear friend of mine, you know, she has great wisdom, but perhaps this is a little off. She says, trust no one. No, (laughs) I'm joking. And I know she was joking too. But isn't that our mentality though? In the world, the world gives us that mentality. As we grow older, right? Trust no one. Trust only your own heart. You know, do things for yourself because no one else will do them for you. So on and so forth. You've heard it, right? You've heard all of those things. But in the church, it ought to be different. We ought to be able to lean on one another. Why? Because we're our brother's keepers. We should be encouraging one another, uplifting one another, correcting one another. We, should, we ought to be doing all those things. We ought to be trusting one another. So as we come into the church, we are growing in these things, by the way. We are learning to be more trusting. As we trust in the Lord, we can perhaps trust in each other a bit more. Because we can't grow out. We, ha- we have to have that faith like a child. Go back to it. That's what I love about the church that I can expose my heart to you. And perhaps you're a bit kinder with it. That you reflect God's love and His grace and His compassion. Because if we do grow out of trusting others and only trust in ourselves, it's a miserable way of living. But then again, when you trust someone to catch you and they don't, Your faith in them diminishes and you get critical of everyone and what they say, right? What they do, their motives, their intentions. We question everything. That's a sorry place to be. Now, you need to be discerning, but to be suspicious of everyone and everything they say is to bring misery upon yourself. That's self-applied torture. That's torturous. The Bible tells us to believe the best. Read 1 Corinthians 13. Read it through. It tells us to believe the best. Even if we get hurt. We are to forgive a lot. Even if we don't feel like forgiving a lot. Why? Because it exhibits the love of Christ in us. If Christ forgave us of our sins, who are we to not forgive others? It reflects the very love of God. What he did for us. Let me ask you this. Can others trust you enough to love them even after they've hurt you? I'm going to say that again. Can others trust you enough to love them even after they've hurt you? Look sideways. Look across. Can we do that with each other? We do that with Jesus all the time. He loves us, even though we continue to fall short and hurt him. Well, we have Jesus, who is not only trustworthy and will never let us down, but he is able to do far more than we could ever ask or think. Think about that. You need something? Ask. What are you thinking? He's thinking much more. It's in this that we give Jesus glory. That he can do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. The question is for us, is do we believe this? And how is that reflected in our lives? That we trust in him to do far more abundantly 
that all that we ask or think, we ask or think, oh, we know, Lord, you can do just way beyond what I'm thinking right now, what I'm asking right now, but I'm asking for this. And, and the question for us is, do we believe this? Do you know where he placed this power to do this, by the way? He says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Well, I don't have the strength. No, you don't. But the strength is within you. It's Christ within you. In fact, look again at verse 16. Which says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. It is the Holy Spirit that not only seals you for the day of redemption, but also serves as the very power that is at work within you to do far more than we thought or asked. Not for your glory, by the way, but for his. Again, the question goes back to, do you believe that? Oh, what he can do with someone who simply believes. You just trust him. You just keep going. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He has ordained the steps of the righteous. We just need to walk in them. We need to keep our eyes on him. Walk in them. And so these things are true. Be encouraged by this truth. Be filled with all the fullness of God in Christ because Jesus desires to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think and Jesus can. Trust that Jesus can. And so as we prepare for this coming year, First uh, John 1, nine says that if we confess our sins that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Let's do business with the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness in, in all the places that we've fallen short in. Okay? At that point, we're done with that. Please don't insist on dragging it with you. It's done. As He forgives you, He places our sin away from us as far as the east is from the west. He remembers the sin no more. Please don't remind Him of it. Please don't remind yourself of it. Learn from it and move on. Because God desires for you so much. And you can't do it if you're dragging the past with you. It entangles you. It's a sin. If I could tell you just in in these terms. Jesus desires to absolutely blow your mind. I know it's simplifying a lot, but he does. He wants to leave you in awe. He wants to leave everyone in awe of what he can do with and through the person who just completely surrenders to him. That's what he desires to do but in awe of Him. Why? Because we consider who it is that's doing that work in and through us. Will you allow Him to do that? You can't if you give up, though. Be steadfast instead. Keep going. 
Be excited for the plans that he has for you. That future and hope is beyond your requests and thoughts. You can never outdo him. Those thoughts and the plans that you have for yourself, they're nothing. He has much more for you. But keep asking. Keep looking to him. And those requests, those thoughts, those desires will continually change as you mature in Christ. And they will come more in line with his desires for you. And you'll see the height and width and length and depth of God's love for you. You will begin to see that. This is God's desire for you. Be strengthened with power. Be rooted in love. And be trusting that Jesus can. To be strengthened with power through the Spirit. To be rooted in his love and to trust in Christ who can is to rest in him and is to be filled with all the fullness of God. That is God's prayer and desire for you. Father, thank you for the love that you have for us. Oh, the thoughts and desires that you have for us far exceed what we can see, what we can think up, imagine. I pray, Lord, that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, that as we put our hands to the plow, that we would look back and desire with longing eyes the things of the world or the things that are not of you. I pray, Lord, that we too may fix our eyes on the heavenly things, that we may bring you glory in the way we live our lives. I pray that we would surrender not only to Jesus as Savior, but also as Lord each and every day of our lives. That we may be quick to forgive and also quick to love. To be patient toward one another and to be trusting in you. For you are trustworthy. You demonstrate your perfect love toward, toward us each and every day. And Lord, you demonstrated it through your Son whom you sent to this earth to die for us. Oh, that love. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I pray that if there's anyone here who does not know that love, that today be the day of salvation. That they simply confess to you their sins and desire beyond all that they would be forgiven and asking you for forgiveness, that, that you would be their Lord and Savior. I pray that anyone who has been in a backslidden state, that today be the day in which the prodigal returns. Lord, you are that father that awaits to see the son coming back home, that you could run to them and embrace them and bring them in, Lord, and, and demonstrate that love. And for all who have been with you, I pray, Father, that we, that we would not allow anxiety or worry or anger or jealousy or anything else to harden our hearts. But, Lord, that we would be broken and contrite before you, that would be, we would be pliable, that we would have soft hearts open to whatever it is that you have for us, that we would bring you glory. We thank you for all that you've done for us all that you provided for us and the hope that we have in Christ.
in Jesus' name we pray.